Amen. All right. Back to 1 Kings and chapter number 17. And uh, there's a lot to kind of uh, uncover as we go through uh, this passage of Scripture. And like I said, it'll take a little bit of time today. But I was thinking about, I love my church Sunday uh, and just the day and time uh, that we're living in. Uh, just last Wednesday, I went and preached at a, uh, a sister church in the area and, uh, that has gone through some splits and uh, just uh, some tough time over the past few years and just a lot of difficulties, uh, some of it um, self-imposed, uh, some of it uh, not uh, that way. But, uh, but as I was preaching to them at one point, uh, obviously when you have less people, if your church, for example, if this church split, people left and went other places, um, you know, there would be financial uh, issues that will result from that. Uh, as tithes and offerings diminished, uh, the bills still got to get paid, and so decisions are made during those times to where, you know, you cut certain things or whatever. Sometimes it's staffing, uh, you know, all that kind of a thing. You know, when uh, there's less money there uh, to go around, uh, then you struggle with balancing all those things out. Um, but the Bible is unique, uh, of course, in many ways. But God, as He teaches us in His Word about uh, finances, um, it seems to be a lot of paradoxes. Uh, you know, we're supposed to give, and then it's given unto us, and uh, shaken down and, and pressed together, etc., paraphrasing that. Uh, but we know that we can't outgive the Lord. We'll say things uh, like where God guides, you know, He provides. And, uh, and if you believe the Bible uh, and you live by faith, uh, there are many times where God may, through the Holy Spirit, instruct you to do something uh, for somebody else or for him in particular or uh, for the local church that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, that if you did it, uh, then you might go without. Uh, and right now, in our, you know, with all that's going on, uh, things are costing a lot more. Um, you know, gas, obviously, uh, that's a big one. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but it's all, you know, trickling down. I was reading some article about a farmer, you know, who's uh, last year he spent like, you know, I can't remember what it was, um, like 20-some thousand dollars, uh, $27,000 on fertilizer. Uh, and this year uh, it was well over 100 and some thousand. Uh, and that his uh, bulk gas costs have gone up 300% uh, as a result of uh, all the goings-on. Uh, and so it's tough. And uh, so as they, by the way, you know, when you, when you thank God for food uh, as you pray over a meal, uh, thank God for farmers. Uh, and because uh, your food just doesn't just appear at the grocery store. Uh, and uh, it probably do us all well to, uh, to learn where our food comes from. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I see all these different things, people making fun of, uh, you know, save the, save the cow, you know, don't drink milk, save the cows. Uh, and uh, these people who don't understand, you don't got to kill the cow to get the milk. Uh, and, uh, but uh, find out where uh, your food comes from. That's all passed down. Uh, and so I was thinking, you know, uh, this year uh, when we have I Love My Church Sunday, asking the church to give a special offering uh, for a project uh, stings a little bit more this year than it has in past year because uh, of, of all of that. Now, I get it. And by the way, uh, it's, it's like that everywhere. Uh, and we know that God's in control. We have this event every single year. God knows. Uh, and, and many of you, uh, with having said that, um, have made some accommodations. Uh, perhaps you, you, know, uh, you give up something over here because you have to spend more over there. 
uh, and you adjust and maybe you adjust your driving uh, or uh, you carpool or, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, you uh, will make those adjustments somewhere that will take up a, a lot of what you might be spending on food and other types of things. And who knows, it might get worse before it gets better along those lines. So, um, you know, I, I'm thinking, well, uh, we have I Love My Church Sunday. It's on the schedule, and we do have to raise uh, the money for it. Uh, so uh, I'm going to have to preach it, uh, and we'll have to teach it, and trust the Lord that God will bless. And, and as I thought about that, and as I encouraged a church uh, that was struggling, is struggling financially, uh, that the way that uh, they get more is by being more generous. Uh, God, uh, all through His Word, in specific places, and some which we're going to look at here, or one passage in particular, uh, in a little bit, uh, teaches us that when we do, then God, God blesses us. So the idea is, for a church, and I teach this, I'm going to go do a missions conference uh, next month uh, in the Chicagoland area, uh, and I'll teach them the same thing there as I teach here, uh, and, and give the examples that when, when if money became short uh, in our general fund, then we would increase our giving in our mission fund. Uh, you say, why would you do that? Uh, because God attaches a promise uh, to that generosity. Uh, when God says what he says in Philippians 4, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, um, that's attached to uh, this promise. So I thought about um, what direction to preach, you know, where our treasure is, there's a heart also, etc. There's plenty of passages, uh, but uh, the Lord um, brought me to this one uh, for a specific reason. Now, in 1 Kings chapter number 17, we have the prophet Elijah, and probably one of the more famous passages or more popular passages uh, it's in chapter number 18 when he, uh, when he uh, is talking to the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves and, uh, and praying and, and fire coming down and you know, taking out the altar and all the things that God had done there. Uh, and I love that. And by the way, there's a lot of, uh, a little plug for our King James Bible, there are a lot of versions of the Bible that mess with that story and, uh, and say like, you know, prayer of God, you know, it says, prayer adventure, where is your God? Is he this? Is he that? As we read it in the story, and some versions of the, of, of the Bible uh, say, prayer adventure, where is your God? Is he a sitting on the toilet? Uh, and uh, so irreverent and, and dumb, uh, for, for that matter. Uh, but uh, it's be careful about uh, the Bible uh, or Bible so-called that you have in your hands. And like I said, I will uh, look at more of uh, the background to this, uh, but prior to this battle, I guess, with uh, these prophets, God had to prepare Elijah. Uh, the first part of that preparation uh, was for him to go to the brook Cherith, uh, and God said that he had a raven uh, that was going to feed him there. Uh, now, uh, turn with me just real fast to James. I know I have you in Philippians, but James chapter number 5, if you would. And I promise you I'll get to one main point here at the end of our time this morning, uh, and we'll look at those other things this afternoon. But in James uh, 5, uh, this is a passage uh, where God, uh, of course, to James, in, by inspiration and for us as well, uh, gives an account of Elijah uh, here in James 5. He's called Elias. Uh, in verse number 17, it says, Elias uh, was a man subject to like passions as we are, 
and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the, by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, we don't see in chapter number 17, as we get down uh, through that chapter, uh, much of a reference about the prayer that Elijah had done. We just really see that God is going to bring a famine. And he's doing that because the children of Israel uh, were idolatrous. Uh, and, and we read back in chapter number uh, 16 uh, about Ahab uh, and the prophets uh, of Baal uh, and how that they, uh, verse number 33 in chapter number 16 says, And Ahab made a grove and did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel before him. And remember, Ahab uh, was married uh, to a woman. Uh, whose name was Jezebel. Uh, and Elijah uh, was afraid of Jezebel. Uh, less afraid of Ahab, more afraid of Jezebel. There's a message in that. Uh, and, uh, but um, it, the Bible teaches us that God told him to, uh, to flee and to hide himself at the brook Cherith. Now, uh, the, from where they were at and uh, uh, where he fled to was about 100 miles away. So he flees, and he goes 100 miles away, uh, and God says, I've got a, a, a creek, a, a river, a brook there named Ch- uh, that's called Cherith before Jordan, uh, and I'm going to feed you uh, with some ravens. Uh, again, not to get too deep in that, ravens were unclean animals, uh, an unclean bird, uh, according to uh, the law of Moses, the Levitical law. Uh, and, but God said, you go there and hide yourself. So even when we get into chapter number 18, and after the big, you know, he has this great victory, he runs off, hides under a juniper tree, and he's, and he's uh, complaining about Jezebel. Uh, and, and in his defense, uh, you know, God, God told him to go and hide from them. And so he did send them, and he hid there, and, and we don't know exactly how long he was at this brook, but we know from the beginning to, to where uh, the famine ended was three and a half years. So what we read in chapter number 17 from God telling him to go and hide himself at Brook Cherith uh, to the time that he met the prophets of Baal were three and a half years. So he spent some time of that at the brook. He spent, I believe, the, the major portion of that uh, with this widow woman uh, in, in Zarephath. Uh, and, uh, and that's where we're gonna, we find our text. But uh, I had you read in James chapter number 5, this is what he prayed for. Elijah prayed uh, that God would send uh, this, this dryness, that it wouldn't rain. And, of course, when there's no rain, there's famine and, and all kinds of difficulties that result from that. Uh, but he prayed for this. Now, uh, when there are times... I, I am, I'm super stubborn, and God has to teach me lessons, and He has to teach me often the hard way. Uh, that's why I say I've been to, uh, I am an alumnus <laughs> of the School of Hard Knocks, uh, and, and it's usually because um, I, don't, I don't take God at His word, and I have to learn the hard way. Uh, and many of you may have that same testimony, uh, but we find in the Bible a prophet that's praying Uh, for Israel, that God would inflict a punishment upon them so that they would learn a lesson and learn to trust God. And as he prayed that, uh, he himself had to be a participant in all of that. 
Uh, and I'll speak to this this afternoon, but, you know, he's at this river, uh, and the longer he is there, the less water is coming down uh, in this brook. Uh, and uh, and uh, if, if I was the one who prayed, God, uh, would don't let it rain uh, for three and a half years, and then, and then pray at the end that God would send rain uh, with the prophets of Baal, um, partway through that, when I'm, when I'm dying of thirst and struggling and the brook started to dry up, if it was me or perhaps maybe you, you'd say, you know what? I take it back. Um, because he was suffering too. It wasn't just Israel, uh, but he was, he was suffering with it uh, as well. So then God tells him, um, as the brook dries up, uh, I want you to go uh, to Zarephath. Uh, and uh, there's going to be a widow woman uh, that will sustain you, sustain you there. Uh, so he, uh, verse number nine in our text, uh, rise, get thee to Zarephath, which belong to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. There's a lot in that, in that verse. Um, he didn't just go there to visit. He went there to dwell. Uh, and, uh, and he went there uh, to Zarephath, uh, which was, was the hometown of Jezebel. So God told him to go and hide, and in, solidar- uh, in this solitude, uh, he was there, and in, in a lot to be said about uh, God working with us in our alone time. But then he says, I want you to go back to Zarephath, and I would always said, time out. I thought I was hiding from Jezebel, uh, and now you want me to go to her hometown? And he had to travel 100 miles, he had to walk 100 miles uh, on the tail end of the brook drying up, uh, and and no more ravens at that point. Uh, I'm sure uh, he was emaciated uh, and struggling, uh, but uh, he went. Uh, and 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 for me, if it was me, uh, I would have said a widow, because at that time in Bible times, um, widows were always considered to be the most impoverished, uh, and in Judaism and under the law. Uh, Israel, Jews, uh, were required to take care of widows. In the New Testament, uh, God lays a, a premium on that as well uh, for us to, uh, to do that in the local church. Um, but this woman at Zarephath, Zarephath wasn't in Israel. Zarephath was a Gentile nation. And so nobody was obligated to help this woman. So God told him to leave and walk 100 miles uh, to be sustained, to dwell and be sustained by the poorest of the poor, a widow woman that wasn't even a believer of the God of Israel. Uh, but the Bible says, and what we read in verse number nine, that God commanded a widow woman there. So God said, I want you to be by this brook uh, in this there, uh, and a raven will feed you, and I want you to go to Zarephath, and there's a widow woman that will sustain thee there. Verse number, nine, or verse number 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, um, can't get into it because of time. This woman was a Gentile woman. Uh, but God, uh, Jehovah God, had commanded her and revealed to her um, what was going to take place. So, so she was prepared to one extent uh, that God was going to be sending a prophet to her 
And there are examples in the Bible where God uses Gentiles like Cyprus and others. Um, God works in the affairs of men. He, it rains on the just, the unjust. Uh, God, God uses pharaohs uh, and, uh, to accomplish his will. Uh, he, he'll, uh, like the story of Joseph, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. So God is always, God is always moving, God is always doing, uh, and, uh, and he had commanded this um, Gentile woman, a widow woman, uh, that she was going to be taking care of uh, a prophet. So I don't know all the details, but he gets there and they just kind of, they kind of know <laughs> uh, what's up and, and who's who. And, uh, and, uh, and so he sees this widow woman gathering sticks and says, uh, get me a little water in a vessel. Uh, and uh, that I may drink. And as she was going uh, to fetch it, verse number 11, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And then as we've read uh, in the account, uh, she basically said, I don't have a cake. I don't have a, a loaf. Um, I have two sticks. Uh, and the, the Bible says in verse 12, I've got two sticks, uh, a little oil uh, in a barrel, a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. And she says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make uh, some food. Uh, I'm going to dress it for my son and I, and then we're going to die. So in a day and time where people lived hand to mouth, uh, in the midst of a famine that's brought on by no rain over a period, probably at this time of at least a year, um, she has no promise. There's no one to take, no one to take care of her. Uh, and uh, here comes the man of God. Uh, and he says, I need some water, get me some water, and, buy, and, and also uh, get me, uh, you know, uh, some food. And she says, all I got is this little bit, and we're gonna, I'm going to make it, and then we're going to die. That's it. She resolved the fact that, that was going to be her last meal with her son. There was, there was, no, there was nothing else. There was nothing left. Uh, and uh, they were going to starve to death uh, and, and go forward. And then probably the coldest um, we would say in today's vernacular, tone deaf, request in all of the Bible. Uh, look at verse uh, number 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. Go and gather the sticks in uh, a little bit of oil uh, and uh, the handful of meal uh, and, and make, uh, and he said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. Now remember, she had not enough for her and her son. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, we're going to eat this, and we're going to die. Elijah says, do that, but give me some first. Uh, and uh, now, if it was, if you think about the desperation, and to think about how presumptuous, I mean, whatever word you want to put to that, it was a pretty tough ask. Um, but the reason uh, that, or at least a reason, why I believe Elijah uh, was, had the faith, he, he had to have faith to ask the woman uh, to do what he asked her to do. She had to have faith, as we read a little bit further, um, to obey it. And she wasn't a, she wasn't a, a believer uh, in the God of Israel. Uh, notice what it says in, uh, in verse number, uh, let's see here. Uh, verse number, well, let's read verse 10. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a woman was there. Verse 11, as she was going to fetch it, called to her, uh, and, uh, and the story goes on. Verse 13, he says, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, 
And she said this, that was thy God. Uh, it's, it's your God. It's not my God. Thy God. Uh, and, uh, but she, she did it anyway because God had commanded her uh, that uh, she was going to have to take care of him. So um, he says, make it for me first uh, and, uh, and, and makes this big ask. If it was you or I, we probably would have seen how desperate uh, the widow woman was and, uh, and not even asked it. Um, we would have probably had compassion. Um, you know, I don't even, you know, you think about life for us uh, and as tough as it is right now, it ain't that tough. Um, you know, if, if you were to give somebody, it's like you, had, you made a meal. Uh, I remember one time I had uh, it was, uh, the 15th Street kind of by where the Auburn Supermall was or is. It's still there, isn't it? Uh, and, uh, and so uh, there's a guy standing there and, and, and he um, wanted some food and some things. And I had just got some McDonald's. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so uh, I, I opened up the window and uh, I did this. Who does that anymore? Uh, I, I opened up the window uh, and, uh, uh, and I handed him uh, my food. I think it was a double quarter pounder or something with cheese and fries. Uh, and uh, which would probably be, you think of all the stuff that I eat, if I was on like death row and, and wanted it, my last meal would probably be McDonald's. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it probably would be. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, uh, back to the story. Uh, the, um, I hand him my food and then he's like, like he wanted my drink, my Diet Coke too. Uh, I'm like, forget that. And I rolled the window up and, and left with my Diet Coke. Um, but we would do that and be benevolent because we know we can just get more. Uh, we, we know that that isn't our last meal. That's not the end of it. Um, we, can go to the, we can go to the grocery store. My wife and I, we, uh, we eat this, this low-carb ice cream, and, uh, and it's, sometimes you can't find it. And, uh, and so I'll, like, I'll go in the fridge, and I'll grab it, and she'll be like, hey, that's my ice cream or whatever. And I'm like, well, you can go to the store and get more. It's, it's gonna, we're going to run out, but we're gonna, we can always go back. You go to Safeway or Fred Meyer or whatever, it's going to be there. We live in a time, uh, even when it's tough, that it isn't as tough as, as two-thirds of the people on this planet. And so he said, give me some first, uh, and, then, and then do what you're going to do. Then we read further on in the story uh, in verse 14, And thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the earth sendeth rain, uh, day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did. He said, go and do, and she went and did. Uh, there's a story of obedience both on his part uh, in leaving uh, the brook uh, to walk 100 miles uh, to a widow woman to sustain him uh, and faith on her part uh, to hear what he said and to go and do. But he, uh, he knew, Elijah knew that God had commanded her. And Elijah also knew uh, that there was a promise uh, that was attached to that. Uh, he had a promise of God to place beside the demand. So he was asking her to do a hard thing, uh, but the promise of God was that the barrel of meal was not going to waste. The cruise of oil uh, was going to continue, uh, and she went and did. Uh, and according to the saint Elijah, Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not. So for whatever the length of time, whether it was one year or two years or two and a half years, uh, or most of the three and a half years, um, that widow woman went back to that barrel of meal into that cruise of oil, and it never wasted. God took care of them the whole time. 
You say, where are you going with that? I'm glad you asked. Turn to Philippians chapter number 4. In Philippians chapter number 4, and we're almost out of time already, and so I'm only going to read one spot here, verse number 19. In Philippians 4, verse number 19, the Bible says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The long and short of this part of Philippians chapter number 4 uh, is that uh, the, a church that was impoverished, one of the churches of Macedonia, uh, had given to the needs uh, of the Apostle Paul uh, through a man named Epaphroditus. Um, he, they used to help him, and then they weren't for a while. Uh, now they are flourishing again, uh, and he said that you've done a great thing. It, it, he was full and abounded. It was a sweet-smelling sacrifice uh, to the Lord. But the, the, the ask of the Apostle Paul for them to give to the offering for the church at Jerusalem to, to, uh, of an impoverished, uh, we read about them in, in, in 2 Corinthians. They didn't have anything. Uh, but God said, when you give, your God will supply all your needs according to His riches uh, in, uh, in glory by uh, Christ Jesus. So just like that widow woman, uh, we also have a promise attached uh, to the demand that God asks of us to give to the fellowship of the ministry of the saints or to give in support of, uh, of, of, of ministry or to, uh, or to give for a special offering to, to help somebody. Uh, we know we can't outgive the Lord. And so today, um, I felt on the run-up to today because of inflation, because of the war, uh, because of gas prices climbing up and everything else, I kind of felt all this week like Elijah getting ready to ask that widow woman to make him some food first. Um, and as I thought about it, and God kept bringing this passage of Scripture, um, I got over it <laughs> in one part because of what the Word of God says. And, and I, I never want to apologize as a pastor to the, a local church for raising finances. We don't, we don't do a whole lot of it. We, you know, uh, just a couple times of the year where we have these types of things. Um, but here's what I know. Um, when we give and when we're generous, God supplies our needs. And all through the Bible, you know, God works, God works on both ends of the line. I think about Abraham as he, uh, as he climbed the mountain that God had provided himself a lamb. I, I, I like to picture that lamb uh, that God provided going up the other side of it. Um, we think of when Jacob uh, and uh, his sons needed food, God provided Joseph in Egypt. Uh, when Israel spent, uh, sent spies into Jericho, God gave them a Rahab. Uh, when the Jews faced Haman in the Old Testament, uh, God, God gave them an Esther. When the Ethiopian eunuch needed salvation, God sent him a Philip. The point is that when our time of need arises, God will provide. He says He'll supply our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And just as that woman made that last cake, and again, we're nowhere near that level of desperation. I know it's a, it's a great example, and it, and it lays in the heart. And by the way, uh, it's, you know, um, uh, it's different even from the widow's might. Um, she, you know, she gave what she had, um, and this woman did as well, but this was it. There was, no, there was no getting more. 
This was, we're going we're gonna to eat this food, prepare it. I mean, how, how much can you make burning two sticks? It wasn't a lot. But she obeyed the word of God, uh, and she did it, and she didn't have want. And God blessed and supplied her need. And we in the New Testament have that same promise attached. So as we think about in a moment, as we take up pledges or we give towards this offering, and maybe you need even more time to process uh, the message and you'll, you'll consider it for this next week, please understand, uh, I'm, full of, I'm fully aware uh, that times are difficult. Um, but we have to obey the Lord and the Spirit's leading in our life. And if the Holy Spirit of God encourages you to give towards that offering, know that God is also going to supply your need. That's His promise to us. It doesn't make sense, humanly speaking, but most of the Bible doesn't make sense, humanly speaking. And I don't want to belabor the fact, but here we have a story uh, of, of where it was really, really bad, uh, and by faith, she did it. This, was this, this wasn't even her faith test. Uh, the faith test for Elijah was by the brook. The faith test for this uh, widow was her son uh, dying uh, in the latter part of this passage of Scripture. It wasn't until after um, he was resurrected uh, that she, she said, all right, your God's my God. So we have, in our terminology, somebody who's not a believer, unsaved, um, God using, and it was, it, was, it was for them both. But it's not just for them, it's for us. Uh, to understand and see a story in the Bible where God will provide. So uh, I want to encourage you as you pray about that, considering this story, it is a, it's a weird story really uh, for me to preach on a daylight today, but, but not so weird after all. Uh, because it's a very pointed truth that can help us. And we know, as we've been talking about so much the more in faith and living by faith, uh, that without faith it's impossible to please Him. So uh, t- this year... I've never, I've not been in a time, this is the highest gas prices that I've ever seen. Um, the highest inflation in 40 years, right? Uh, you know, I'm, when, uh, when inflation was, who was, who was it, Carter then? Um, you know, I was just a, a kid. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I knew at that time we were, you know, we were on welfare and other types of things, but, but I didn't know the extent. And, uh, but, but all I know is this. Uh, is that God's coming back. Uh, it could be any time. Uh, and that God promises He's not going to suffer His people. Uh, you know, in, in, in poverty and lacking bread, God always comes through. It might not be what we necessarily want. And we have a hard time distinguishing between wants and needs uh, and, 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 and not really be thankful at how God gives us above and beyond. I mean, we're... Uh, Case in point, uh, you know, we're having an event on Friday where we're going to spend money. And by the way, I said sign up in the back. It's buy a ticket <laughs> in the back uh, for, for the event on Friday to raise money. And, and we'll eat till we're, till we're stuffed. And I talked about how we're just going to stuff meat with all kinds of food uh, and, and, and cook it all up and eat it and enjoy ourselves uh, when, we, when we, full know, we know full well. Uh, there are people in Ukraine and Moldova and Poland and everywhere else um, who don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Uh, we're blessed to, to be Americans, uh, and God is so good to us. 
and we're nowhere near that level of desperation. But I, I feel like I'm making a cold, tone-deaf ask in the, in the middle of, of, of an inflation that's the most that I've ever known. Uh, and, uh, and as I considered it, this is what God showed me. Uh, and, and I hope you understand where I'm coming from with it, that we just have to obey God as he moves in our life and trust that God is going to provide. Uh, and he always, he always does. I mean, you know, I, I think about, you know, um, you know, we're kind of like camels. We can, we can live on, you know, our, our, this hump for a long time. Uh, we, we, could, we could all maybe skip a few meals uh, and, and it not really hurt us. Uh, but, but God is so good. And we, and we normally have more uh, than we need. Uh, and I'm thankful. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm thankful. I don't want to be hungry. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be, you know, go to Safeway and there's no food on the shelves. Um, but but, if, but if, we were, if we were in that right now, I'd still have to preach this message. And, and, and the truth would be just as true if that was our reality uh, and not just other people's reality. God always comes through, but his, the promise uh, that he attaches to our giving and our, and our liberal giving is his promise to us, and I'm thankful. God, uh, I'm going to pledge this. Uh, yeah, I know, you know, that, uh, how, how much gas can I buy for whatever I pledge? Well, quite a bit, but God will come through. That's his promise. It's not my promise to you. That's his promise to you, um, but on one hand, this woman had meager resources, and on the other hand, she had the promise of God. Which one, which one would you cling to? Uh, your meager resources or the promises of God? Well, the answer is the promises of God. That's what we cling to, and I hope you understand. Let's all stand, our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and